St. Luke tells of the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Susan. Well, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And it's interesting, uh, you know, as we look out on all the preparations and we hear the carols and see all that needs to be done, that sometimes, you know, our feelings don't actually match up with the jollity of everything that's going on around. It may be that what we're carrying doesn't really necessarily lead to joy or even the pressure of Christmas itself you know can cause a certain feeling of dread as you're going towards it we can be a little embarrassed that we're not getting into the spirit of things and you know those feelings are right out of the story of Christmas itself you know you can picture Mary and Joseph on the donkey going to Bethlehem She's pregnant, they've got nowhere to stay, there's no health insurance, I won't make any other jokes, so no hospital, you know, there for the birth, and in those days the survival rates were pretty, pretty poor. So you can see the dread they must have felt as they made their way across dangerous territory, their feelings would not have been one of joy at that point. Then there was the whole feeling between Joseph and Mary. I'm pregnant, and it was the angel that made it happen. You know, he only had her word for it. <laughs> there was a lot of unpacking, no doubt, to be done there. And then there was the same hardship of the journey of the three kings. You know, T.S. Eliot's famous poem, The Journey of the Magi, he says on their behalf, a cold coming we had of it. Just the worst time of year for a journey. And such a journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp. The very dead of winter. And the camels, galled, sore-footed and refractory, lying down in the melted snow. There were times when we regretted the summer palaces on the slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. In other words, they wished they'd never left. And the shepherds and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and they were sore afraid. Everything leading up to the birth and its witnessing, it was hard for everybody. And yet, they all went through with it. They all went through with it. You know, the baby was born in the stable. The shepherds arrived, as did the kings. 
although there was more drama there when Herod tried to kill, find the baby to kill it. And so, as we go towards Christmas, I think we pick up on, on those same feelings. It's not easy. Our lives carry on in spite of it. Our health problems don't go away just because it's Christmas, nor the financial problems, nor the family issues. In fact, you know, they might even get exacerbated. And it's therefore not surprising if, like all the protagonists in the story, we feel a little queasy about the arrival of the celebration. And yet, something is driving those protagonists on. Something is driving them on all the way through the stories. Mary is clear about what's going on. Let it be to me as you have said, she answered the angel. And later, she's quoting that famous song of Mary, the Magnificat, My soul proclaims the glory of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Joseph is definitely on board. The shepherds say to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. And the kings were on their way with gold, frankincense and myrrh. Although if they'd been queens, they'd have probably brought more practical things like diapers, wet wipes and wine. But there was something more that was driving all of them on despite the problems that they face. And that thing that was driving them on was the sense that they were part of something greater, that there was a bigger plan being enacted. Somehow they had the idea that they were part of something that they just had to participate in. That didn't make their journeys easier. They just knew they had to get there. Like Richard Dreyfus out of close encounters. They just had to get to that place. Something was telling them that something important was going down and they just had to be there. And you know, if we we look at our lives, there is that same feeling there deep down for all of us, that we're caught up in something bigger than our own small lives. And in spite of the difficulty and the pain, we do have to carry on. You know, in the case of the Christmas story, we know what happened. And the fact is that 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. And that sort of validates the whole story. But, you know, none of those people involved in the story could have seen that. To them, it was just something that was driving them on. And, and they didn't know what was going to happen at the end of it. They didn't know that we'd be talking about it 2,000 years later. They didn't know the result. You know, it seems obvious to us now that Mary and Joseph would go through with it and the shepherds would show up and the three kings would follow the star. But to them, it was completely unknown. As it is in our lives, we can't really see where it's all leading. We can probably see just to the point where our lives end You know, some of us might be even able to picture our funerals, although we probably wouldn't want to, but we we probably can. But then it's pretty much blank after that, you know, what's going to happen in life. 
What if there was something that carried on from what we did? Something that carried on after us from, from what we'd done in our lives? Like happened to Mary and Joseph. What if, like the shepherds, we were somehow participating in something that would be remembered centuries later? Or like the king, the three kings. What if our particular contribution was remembered centuries later? Now, when I say that, it just sounds fanciful. We think, well, that's not going to happen. Here we are living in a ski town, trying to keep the wolf from the door, or probably the bear from the door for most of us. And to think, you know, we could do anything more than just get through life without falling over, you know, we're just going to get through. But you have to remember that we're in the same game as the participants in the Christmas story. We're dealing with our encounters with the divine, just like they were dealing with their encounters with the divine. There really is no difference between us and Mary and Joseph, or the kings, or the shepherds. It's just a matter of perspective. You know, from our perspective, when we look down history at them, it's huge. You know, you can see everything that's going to happen. Looking at it from the other side of the the telescope, from them, they probably saw themselves exactly as we see ourselves now. Struggling with the day-to-day, hoping to get by, hoping to get to Jerusalem before the baby's born, hoping the sheep wouldn't die, hoping that the camels would get up again. You know, all of them were facing their particular problems. And yet, that Christ's nature shone through at that moment. And the rest is literally history from that moment. And so as we come towards Christmas with the feelings that we have, and, you know, the fact that we can't see beyond our horizons about getting through maybe even next year or the year after or, you know, towards death, In reality, those horizons are limited by our own perspectives. They're just what we can see. If we get on board like Mary and say, let it be to me as you have said, then even if we have those feelings, still we might be able to link into something of enormous value, like she did. Even if we have those feelings, there might be something that we can link into that could have a big impact in history. Something of enormous value. It's all about our willingness to see our lives in a greater context, if we're willing to do that. And luckily, you know, a lot of us here have been working at it for some time. You know, we've not been surprised by a few angels like the shepherds, but we have been looking to the heavens like the three kings with discernment. A lot of us do look at our lives and try and work out what's going on. You know, ours is a more considered approach. And we shouldn't lose that as we look at our lives and Christmas on the horizon. What you know, might be coming, it might not happen on December the 25th. In a way, December the 25th is, is a drill. It's a drill. You know, it's like a school lockdown. You know, we go through the motions without the event actually happening. Christmas is really, are you, it's an are you ready for joy drill. Yeah, are you prepared for it? You know, and some of us are. We thought, oh, you're humbug. 
you know, Scrooge wasn't ready for it. He, you know, the drill came along and he failed. But he didn't in the end, obviously. But are you, it might, Christmas is really an are you ready for it drill. Might you be willing to let go of your personal feelings of discomfort and allow something bigger to come into your lives? Could you believe that there might be something around the corner like there was for Mary? Might our working out the idea of transformation of consciousness actually happen? like it did for the three kings. You know, would you be open to a peak experience actually showing up in your life, like it did for the shepherds? At Christmas, we sort of try it out. There's a moment when we allow, you know, at Christmas, there is a moment when we allow the magic to come through, almost to prove to ourselves that, yes, that magic still does exist. And, and you can feel it. You know, be here tomorrow night, and it's tangible. You know, the excitement of the children, shared by the adults. The idea that peace and goodwill to all men might actually happen, if only for 24 hours. And then after that brief moment, you know, we allow, during that brief moment, we allow the veil to be lifted. And yes, it could all be true, as we are promised in our childhood, as we bought into it. It's just there for a moment. And then on December the 26th, the veil comes down again. You know, we go back to being who we are. More shootings on the news. Bethlehem occupied. Children breaking their toys and oh for a little rest and peace. Well, there is always the parents' night out for it for you at that particular moment. So as we move towards Christmas, towards that really hectic period, know that, that you're actually preparing for something deeper. It is a drill. Something that may not happen next week or even next year. However, we are coming out to our 50th anniversary, so it might happen during that. It's about keeping our hearts open and our horizons wide, preparing the way for the arrival of the divine in our lives, the incarnation, preparing to give birth to something in ourselves that just might have an impact beyond that which we expect. Because remember, the game's not yours, and none of us knows how it ends. Amen. So let's pray. So at this, coming up to this Christmas time, we do, we pray for ourselves that we'll open our hearts to all those around us, to our friends and families, to all we meet. And that after Christmas, we may continue to have our hearts open as we go into the year. We pray for all the visitors to our, our valley people at this moment, working on the slopes, ski patrol on the lifts, visitors. We pray for safety. We pray for our country. Pray for all those who are in difficulty, those in prison, those who are homeless or hungry, those who will be lonely at Christmas. We open our hearts to them. We pray for our leaders. We pray that their hearts may be open and that your love may flow through them and they may guide us into 
peace and love and joy. Particularly pray for those who were affected by the tsunami yesterday. All those affected by weather-related events around the world. Pray for those in war zones, in positions of oppression, in gangs, in countries where there is difficulty. And at this time of Christmas, we just pray for our whole world, that we may be open to the joy and peace and love that's available to all of us. And we particularly think of those in our community that are in difficulty at the moment. We think of Martha Martin, part-time resident facing pancreatic cancer, Sophie Layton, four-year-old now in remission. Sophia Carlin in hospital. We continue to pray for Virginia Newton's mother and for the Valeska family in Hendrick, who was born in intensive care. We continue to pray for Annie Teague and her family. We pray for David from Shining Stars, recovering from stem cell transplant. And we also pray for Irenka Torek and her family. We just pray, Lord, for your healing power. We'll go out to all those people and touch them in special ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.